Hello, Pokeminders! And welcome to our weekly Pokepod, where we discuss everything related to mental well being as well as our journey as a startup. I'm your host, Yusuf. And I'm your host, Sarah. And today, we're gonna poke some minds. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Pokepod. Thank you so much for tuning in. In today's episode, I would like to talk to you about work-life balance. The title might be a little bit misleading, as I want to talk about some general aspects of your life that highly impacts your overall well-being. Especially this topic comes in many different forms, shapes and sizes. I call it work-life balance, but you might have also heard the term life compass or just life balance. Even the main categories that I will be talking about can vary a little bit, but the main goal is still the same, so bear with me here, please. The model that I'm using in my practice talks about six big aspects that we all need, to some extent, to maintain a healthy life where we can feel content and happy. How much we need of each varies from person to person, so the beauty and annoying part at the same time is that there's no right or wrong as long as every aspect gets a little spot in your life. So what are these aspects that I'm talking about? First up, we all need close relationships. That can be our family, partner, children, relatives or very close friends. People that mean a lot to us and that we share our life with. Besides those close relationships, we also need a social life. Those can include friends, co-workers, more distant relatives uh, and other people that we like to hang out with. Besides those close relationships and our social life, we need time for ourselves and our own interests. Things that we only do for us and no one else. That can be anything from just being by yourself and enjoy some quiet time, to doing sports, reading or activities that we like to do with others. The important thing is here that we only do them for us. The next important aspect is work or studies or school. It helps us to have a routine and gives us a feeling of belonging and purpose. Next up is physical activity. You don't need to be able to run marathons, but we all need some physical activity in our life to feel good. That also includes all forms of walking, cycling, going to the gym, yoga or any other sport that you can think of. And last but not least is recovery time or self-care. That is one that can be tough to make time for. Recovery time can include things like sleeping, mindfulness, meditation, reading, getting a massage, yoga or any other activity that calms you down and makes you slow down. I know a few that struggle with the idea that it's okay to just do nothing if that is what you need. You might have noticed that some of those overlap each other to some extent, which is fantastic because the day has only so many hours and you can combine activities. But there will also be one or two things in each category that doesn't overlap with another. And it is important to note that not all of it is fun but it is important for your health. I don't want to be the party pooper here, but everyone should practice some form of mindfulness as part of their recovery time and have some form of regular physical activity. 
see it as like brushing your teeth. I have heard from people that they enjoyed taking showers, taking a bath, eat or sleep. But I have yet to hear from anyone that they enjoy brushing their teeth. It's just something that you need to do if you want to keep them. What I would like to suggest is to visualize how your life looks like right now in those six terms. Take a moment and draw your life circle and within that circle estimate how much time you allocate to those different aspects. So work, close relationships, social life, personal interests, physical activity and recovery time. It's important to be honest with yourself during this exercise. You might find that not all categories are currently a part of your life circle. Or perhaps certain areas are dominating while others are neglected. Common examples are, for example, circles that mostly consist of work and close relationships, leaving little room for anything else. Parents might see themselves in that one. On the other hand, you might be in a phase where your circle consists mostly of recovery time, personal interests and time with close relationships, which can be enjoyable for some time, but is probably not that fulfilling in the long run. Another scenario could be a circle dominated by work, close relationships, a rich social life, some physical activity, but little with no time for personal interests or recovery time. Like I mentioned before, how much you need of each varies from person to person. It comes down to your own personality and life situation. For example, if you, just like me, work in a field that involves a lot of social interactions, you might need more recovery time and time for personal interests for your own well-being. These moments of recovery and self-discovery can offer a sense of fulfillment and balance in a busy life. On the other hand, if your work mainly involves long hours in front of a computer screen with limited social interaction, you might place a higher value on nurturing your social life outside of work. Building connections and engaging with others can be a vital source of happiness and support. Alternatively, you might identify as an introvert who prefers a smaller, close-knit social circle, perhaps with one or two very good friends and your family. You feel happy and comfortable with that amount of social interaction. So it really comes down to your own personal preferences and your current situation. For those of you who tend to experience restlessness, frustration or anxiety, Incorporating physical activity into your routine can be a powerful tool for promoting emotional well-being and reducing stress. Long story short, whatever floats your boat is what matters. As long as you have at least a little bit of each of these aspects in your life. The important part to keep in mind is that you might need more or less of one of these aspects than the next person. And those needs will most likely change depending on your current life situation. Put simply, the life of a 23-year-old student will naturally differ from that of a 32-year-old with a steady job or a 40-year-old responsible for a family. It's important to acknowledge that your personal priorities and needs will evolve as you journey through life. Feel free to incorporate a variety of activities within each of these categories, almost like building a toolbox 
that you can draw from based on your current needs. Even if you typically enjoy reading, there may be days or even weeks when it just feels too draining and it will be more beneficial to opt for an activity that is gentler on your mind. When it comes to setting a time frame, it often proves most helpful to envision a month rather than just one week or an entire year. So start by creating your life circle and assess how much time you've spent on each aspect over the past month. Additionally, consider what each category entails. For example, your physical activity category could include going to the gym, running, yoga, hiking or any other physical uh, activity that you enjoy. Your recovery time might involve mindfulness, yoga, reading, watching TV, meditation and so on. And while some of your own interests might overlap, like going to the gym or practicing yoga... They can also include diverse activities such as cooking, design, art, socializing with friends, attending festivals, or just building Lego, traveling, and so on. And now I would like you to create a circle that represents what you believe could be a suitable fit for you. It doesn't have to be perfect. In fact, it might be far from perfect initially. The keynote is not to get it right immediately, but to rather start to reflect on your current life situation and what could potentially work well for you in the future. This exercise provides an initial perspective on the discrepancy between your current reality and your personal needs. In tune with the episode about stress and work, work can sometimes start to dominate our time And it's essential to take a step back and ask ourselves why that's happening and how we can regain some balance. If work has begun to consume most of your time, it's worth considering whether this is a temporary situation, perhaps due to a specific project, or if it has become the new normal for you. Do you often find yourself wanting to maintain control over everything, even tasks that could be delegated to others? Maybe you're a perfectionist, meticulously focusing on every tiny detail to get it just right. This need for control can take various forms. Or maybe you spend a significant amount of time at home constantly problem-solving and struggle to let go of work-related issues. Or are you the type who tends to overwork either out of fear that you're not doing enough or simply because you find it hard to say no when others ask you for help. It's also important to consider if you might need to lean on others and seek help when necessary. Alternatively, you might find it difficult to decline social invitations out of FOMO, fear of missing out, or because you worry about disappointing others if you don't say yes. Or you might think that doing nothing or recovery seems like a waste of time. That feeling creeping in that you at all times need to make the absolute most of the time you've been given so you can't waste it by doing nothing. If you listened to the last episode about work and stress, you might already have an idea where I'm headed with this. The realm of cognitive distortions. On the bright side it can be comforting to realize that you don't always need to learn a new strategy for every unique situation. Two birds, one stone. 
However, on the flip side, this also means that you might encounter repetitive advice even when the context varies. It can become frustrating when you repeatedly confront cognitive distortions or struggle to shift your focus towards long-term positive outcomes, especially in different situations. If you haven't listened to the last episode about stress and work, and maybe also don't feel like doing that, I want to recommend our blog on Pokemon's website that our lovely Maria is taking care of. One possible way to restructure cognitive distortions regarding recovery time and FOMO could be regarding this time as doing something. Doing something for yourself. Doing something for yourself will in the long run not only help you, but also your entire surroundings. That applies to being a good parent at home, being a good friend and being a good employee or employer. Another challenging aspect in this context is embracing the idea that good enough must be sufficient at times. This can be especially demanding in the workplace or as a parent where the pursuit of perfection might be a deeply ingrained habit. However, recognizing that good enough is sometimes necessary for your own well-being and by extension for your work and your children is crucial. So we are even coming back to long-term versus short-term positive and negative reward. The only new thing I would like to add here is to be kind to yourself and allow yourself to have needs that don't fit with your surroundings. It's also perfectly okay to occasionally fall back into old patterns that don't serve you in the long run. Remember, it's not about achieving perfect and perpetual balance because life is inherently unpredictable. Instead, it's about developing the ability to recognize when life falls out of balance and granting yourself the opportunity to reflect on why that's happening, what has changed and what adjustments you need to feel better once more. For today, I would like to leave it at that. If you have questions, feel free to write to team at pokemon.com. Thank you so much for listening. We hope we poked some minds today. See ya.